welcome to Tech Insights from Infotech Research Group, the podcast where we provide actionable insights on the latest technology topics. I'm your host, Brian Jackson. Join me as we delve beyond the headlines in the technology world. Our team of expert analysts will help us understand why things are happening and where the world is going. Most importantly, they'll help us cut through all the noise and focus on what really matters for technology leaders. How has the pandemic affected IT spending? A couple of new surveys shed light on the matter. It looks like a good news, bad news situation. And today, we'll talk through the findings of what it means for your IT shop with Scott Bickley, a Principal Research Director in Cloud at Infotech Research Group. Welcome. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, glad to. Let's start with the Bank of America survey. It shows that COVID-19 actually accelerated IT spending. In fact, it was almost double the overall planned increase in spending from 6.5% up to 12.4%. The big winner in that increase, virtual workspaces and workflow planning. You know, it makes sense given that we all had to adapt to working from home and looking ahead to a post-pandemic scenario, companies say there's pent-up demand for marquee vendors like Microsoft, Amazon, Google, Salesforce.com, Zoom Video, Adobe, and Atlassian. So Scott, How are we seeing IT spending impacted compared to other departments and organizations due to this pandemic? Sure. Uh, It's interesting. You know, the the increase in IT spend that you uh, that you alluded to um, was really limited to the software and cloud segments primarily with a a temporary boost in um, in PC spend uh, as well to support work from home transitions. Uh, as we pull pulling from multiple CIO surveys, the ones that you reference, as well as some others uh, that I've I've looked at since then, indicates an overall net reduction in IT spend that clocks in at around um, a four percent reduction, with Europe a little bit worse than the U.S. Now this number is significantly weaker, actually the worst on record, even compared to the uh, projected two percent decline back in 2009, the Great Financial Crisis. So what makes this even more ominous is that the 2% drop that was projected in 2009 ended up really falling about 7%. So where does a 4% projected decline take us? Uh, Right now, that's uh, kind of the consensus predictions um, across multiple sources are a range between a 5% to 8% overall net spend reduction uh, for IT. Hmm. You know, what I keep hearing about this impact is that digital transformation has been accelerated, right? But when we're talking about the ways that COVID-19 has actually shifted IT budgets, what does that look like? Sure, that's a great question. And um, it's really interesting. So on one hand, uh, ironically, the top five spend priorities for IT um, as measured uh, pre-COVID versus post-COVID are not materially changed. So the actually the top four are unchanged um, in, in uh, the category and their ranking. So going uh, top to bottom, security, public cloud, secure remote access and networking were all one through four uh, budget priorities prior to the pandemic. Um, virtual workspaces clocks in at number five, which is up from a number seven uh, ranking before the pandemic. And then the other, the other five categories are workflow planning, 
cloud communications, customer engagement platforms, data analytics, and remote learning training. Um, what's changed is the velocity of spend flowing to the top five spend categories. These categories are exclusively SaaS, infrastructure as a service, uh, and software, which drove that 12% increase in spend uh, in the software segment. So where do we go from here is really the question. And well, it looks like overall spend declines for IT, but the spend remaining uh, on the budget becomes much more targeted. Specific vendor benefit uh, beneficiaries, uh, like you mentioned, Microsoft, Amazon, um, along with Adobe, Salesforce, Atlassian, Shopify in the e-commerce segment, with more weakness shading towards uh, uh, some some vendors like Hewlett Packard um, on the on the hardware side, um, legacy software vendors like Oracle, HPE, IBM, and VMware uh, will do fine, but they're going to moderate, I believe. The shift to to cloud away from on-premise is is the driver, um, and there's really six key market themes that we're going to continue to research and benefit from um, from an IT perspective after this pandemic, and those those are. Are, are basically in the areas of cloud, remote work, e-commerce, workflow planning, DevOps, and digital engagement. And so we have a note series that's going to be forthcoming to really explore these themes and uh, more in, in depth and highlight the key vendors leading the pack in each of those market segments. But the bottom line is that enterprises, they have to start selling via multiple channels. Their employees are going to be remote for some time. Cloud is going to accelerate the disintermediation between the data center baggage and, uh, and, and the distributed work environments. And workflow planning is facilitating seamless transactions across departments, functions, and customers in a similar way that DevOps is doing that for app development. And digital engagement kind of speaks for itself. Um, uh, the poster child for that would be Salesforce. Right. You know, it's no surprise to me that companies had to scramble and spend a little bit to get ready to work from home. I mean, some companies probably hadn't given a lot of thought to having all of their employees work from home for such a prolonged period. But now there's reason to think that that's going to be a long-term trend with this Bank of America survey showing the trend will continue beyond the pandemic. It looks like almost half of workforces will continue to have work from home after COVID. Um, whereas before it was around uh, 33% or 35%. So a big jump up there. And what do you think that will mean for IT spending trends? Sure. Um, I, I think, yeah, it's probably the, the worst kept secret that we that we read about in the headlines every day is is another opinion on uh, remote work and work from anywhere. anywhere. Um, and definitely, I think organizations are realizing there are certain roles that probably don't need to come back to the office. What I think is going to happen is that we move into um, what's called, uh, what I call or refer to as a dynamic workspace. And I believe that term was coined uh, by Okta. Um, and, and that basically assumes that you're going to bridge the extremes, you know, the extremes being that you work all from home or that you completely return to the office. I think there'll definitely be much more liberal policies around work from home, but with flexible office space utilizing things like hoteling software to schedule in employees and, and coordinate targeted team meetings. So the office is not dead, but it will be dramatically different. So what we know 
from the survey is that 70% of organizations are going to spend more on work from home compared to their initial plans. This was already a trend in the works, but it's becoming much more accelerated. This spend is likely going to flow to the tools that make it easy to work from home. So think about things like unified communication solutions, uh, things like contact center in the cloud, vendors that fall into that category are, are, are emerging leaders like Five9 and RingCentral, Vonage, and Twilio. Um, for collaboration, you, you have the obvious players, Teams from Microsoft, Google Meet, Zoom, WebEx, but there will be winners and losers. So, so uh, solutions like Teams and Zoom are obvious winners already, but you have an interesting conundrum with Cisco and their WebEx offering, which uh, I believe is lagging. You know, it doesn't seem like they're innovating and, and the experience on that platform is of a poorer quality uh, compared to some of the other um, uh, emerging leaders. So we'll, we'll also see continued spend in the areas of uh, software-defined networks and networking in general, as well as network monitoring and things like application performance management. Think about New Relic or Dynatrace as vendors in that space. So basically the software stacks that enable you to manage your customer and your internal uh, interactions and affect commerce in a distributed manner, that's where I see the money flowing first. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So let's go on to this ISG index. This is another um, report that gives us some indication about IT spending. Uh, this one covering managed services and the as-a-service industry. So it tells a much different story than the Bank of America survey. So looking at the trend globally, managed services declined 16% in terms of annual contract value over the first quarter. Uh, but the as-a-service contract value went up 7% with infrastructure as a service driving those results. So what do you think the managed services market uh, is going to look like in going forward into the latter half of 2020 here? Sure. Yeah, managed services got destroyed. Um, and, and it's interesting, that trend from that survey, when I uh, start to do analysis on some of the key vendor earnings reports that we cover here at Infotech in our vendor practice, it, it, it definitely shows that bifurcation, right? Parts of these, you look at these conglomerate businesses like IBM as an example, they're, they're experiencing some really solid growth in their cloud and cognitive solutions segments. Um, but you look at their two large segments around uh, GTS and GBS, right? One is uh, managed services, uh, from the data center side and the other is more strategic consulting. Both of them took big hits uh, in this last quarter. So where we end up at the at the back half of this year is going, you know, this is the classic it depends answer. Um, I, I think uh, that a large uh, a number of or larger deals in the managed services space hit the pause button just because of the uncertainty and, and un, uh, uncertainty of the outlook and the fact that these are longer term deals, right? These are multi-year deals in a lot of cases for many millions of dollars. Now, it does sound like discussions are ramping back up and deals are starting to get done again, but these deals are smaller in nature. So with the ISG survey, you know, they look at larger deals. Uh, what they saw was that deals $50 million and larger were, were shrinking, were taking longer to get done. But on the flip side, they saw smaller deals in the five to $10 million range being quite stable, even, even picking back up in momentum. So we won't get a clear picture of the global economy until September, October, uh, around the, the end of the third quarter. And that's also going to coincide with flu season. And 
the potential second wave impact uh, of COVID-19. So I think this business segment takes a larger hit compared to the cloud software segments of the market, but barring a uh, virus or economic catastrophe, um, it's showing signs of stabilization. Yeah. Um, it occurs to me that some vendors are more reliant on MSPs getting their solutions out to market than others, like uh, Microsoft, for example. Huge MSP network, uh, and, and depending on them to deliver their solutions to specific industries. Do you think that that could be a factor for how well vendors are coping in this post-COVID time? I, I think vendors that um, that are leading the pack in terms of their software and cloud-based solutions will will experience maybe a little bit of a headwind, but it, it won't be a major uh, obstacle. I think the managed services that really look at coming in and, and thinking about these managed service providers who are truly kind of outsourced providers um, uh, with a technology overlay, those are the companies that are going to experience a tougher time um, because okay. it's the services side that's going to experience the challenge. Yeah. And of course, we see this growth in the cloud market, really, right? Or as this report puts it, the as a service um, market. So we see the hyperscale cloud providers are the big winners here doing even better than they were before. I mean, these are companies that were growing fast before the pandemic, and that trend is just being accelerated. We're talking about companies uh, like Amazon, Azure, Microsoft Azure, and, and Google's cloud platform. So how much more are companies spending on those services? So, so I like to look at uh, cloud spend um, and both spend growth as well as uh, workloads in the cloud. So, I mean, you could go out historically and see that AWS is growing at roughly 25% year over year, Azure around 60%, and, and Google's triple-digit growth off of a much smaller base. But this spend, it, it did take a bit of a hit in Q2 in terms of their growth rates moderated to some extent, but they're still growing while everything else looks like the Titanic after it hit an iceberg. Um, so, mm -hmm. so yes, they're extremely strong. From a workload perspective, the expectation is for the cloud migration trend to accelerate. Now there are mixed responses from CIOs on these surveys on this prediction. Some say no, but if you think about it, even your non-tech savvy board members in a lot of organizations are now asking when you're going to the cloud, rightly or wrongly. Uh, is this a trend the CIO can really resist? Um, believe it or yeah. not, yeah. It's it, now this is still early innings, right? So Bernstein's CIO survey places IT workloads in the cloud at 27%, and they have two growth scenarios. One brings workload penetration to 50% by 2029, and the other to 70%. So mm -hmm. if they're even partially right, uh, we're looking at this market doubling over the next five years yeah, or over the next. The the great migration to the cloud uh, continues and even faster than before, perhaps. Uh, another interesting part of this index here was the industry by industry breakdown, right? So not all companies spend uh, on IT in the same way, and some industries might be more affected by the pandemic than others. So this is important to consider. So it looks like business services will be spending way more on IT. Uh, and it's no surprise that industries like travel, transport, and leisure will have to spend less. So what stands out to you about the industry differences here? 
Yes, uh, and we certainly know that there's industries, as you just mentioned, that have been decimated from the pandemic, along with the winners we've talked about today as as well. And we could definitely spend a full episode breaking down industries uh, in the context of COVID-19, and and that may be a future episode we, we talk about. But I, I think what's most important is that you have to look at individual companies within an industry, um, and you have to be able to evaluate relative strength. Um, so it's no secret, you know, uh, the cruise industry is is uh, uh, you know decimated to the point of you know when, will they come back from this? Uh, will they lose a large carrier? Um, you know, tech uh, as we talked about is is winning, but there's a lot of companies and sectors in the middle there, and so to this end, we created a, a two by two quadrant that it evaluates a company based on two key factors. On one axis, uh, you're looking at financial position, primarily liquidity. Do they have a strong balance sheet? Can they pay their bills? Um, do they even have potential to invest in light of uh, a challenging environment when they might be able to get preferred rates and, and, and some, some preferred terms on strategic deals? And then the second is uh, access. We look at industry impact from the pandemic. So what we just talked about. So based on where a company rates, um, we classify their behavioral position as either slash and burn, fundraiser, invest and capitalize or weather the storm. Um, and, and as an example, I recently had a client call with a large corporation in the leisure industry where they had their business essentially go to zero overnight, but they had a really robust balance sheet, plenty of liquidity. They also had really strong vendor relationships and partnerships that they'd invested in over the last several years. And so they were able to make some really innovative arrangements to maintain their operations while reducing their OPEX spend. And this is a clear weather the storm example. At the end of the day, um, some of their competition may go away and never return. They should emerge from this pandemic stronger than the competition. Okay. Scott, thanks so much for walking us through all this. Absolutely. My pleasure. I look forward to doing it again. Okay. That's all for this segment of Tech Insights. Remember to subscribe to our podcast. You can visit us on the web at anchor.fm slash techinsights. Again, that's anchor.fm slash techinsights. And you can subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and whatever other podcast app you might happen to use. I'm Brian Jackson.